How is everybody? A lot of you guys are disgruntled because you thought it was going to be a revelation today, didn't you? Is that... So I didn't lie to you guys about that. I just didn't really tell you the whole truth because uh, I don't trust you. <laughs> so um, um, we are going to start Revelation next week, and we will be in it for a gazillion years. So um, you'll get more Revelation than you'll probably ever want. So uh, we're going to be in it for a long time. I wanted to do a vision service before we got into Revelation because I didn't want, to, I didn't want it to get broken up. I didn't want to have to do it right in the middle of it. That's kind of weird. So if you're new to the church, and when I say new, if you've come any time after January of this year, you've never heard one of these before. Now, if you've never heard one of these, we do them twice a year, and I think they're extremely important. I don't know if you guys hate them or not, but uh, I think they're extremely important, and here's why. A couple of reasons. One, it shows you a lot about our church. It shows you how you can get plugged in, shows you how to serve, shows you different needs that we have. It also holds us accountable. We go over all the finances, which I'm not going to bore you with. It's one slide. I'll show you all the finances. I'll show you where every single dollar of our church goes. Now, to some of you, Corey, we trust you, right? Well, when you see how much money this church brings in, we need to be held accountable. There's a lot that comes in, and we need to make sure that we're being good stewards with it. So we're going to show you where every dollar goes. And uh, we want to be trustworthy and live above reproach. So we just want to be completely transparent with you guys. So if you're new, maybe it's your first time, I think this is great. Uh, we'll get back into just going line by line through the Bible next week, and we'll be doing that for a really, really long time. But this week, if you're new, you'll get to kind of see what we do here and how we function and kind of what our vision is and where we think God's taken us. If you've been here for a while, what's cool about the September, I guess it's August still, but we usually do it in September, the second vision service of the year is all the things that I kind of cast a vision for in January. You kind of see if we're holding true to those. And so I'll show you all those things. So again, we will dive into this today. You have notes, handouts in front of you. I would love for you to keep those. And maybe when you get home or if you're eating lunch today and you want to thumb through those figures and facts again, I want you to know your church. And I want you to know how to get plugged into your church and where your church is heading because the church is you. It's you guys. And so please hold on to that. If you have the app on your phone, all the notes will be on there. And then, of course, everything's going to be on the screens in front of you. And we will jump into this and we'll see what happens. Uh, did anyone go to any of the concerts last night? Every concert ever was last night in Nashville, right? One over here. So uh, what was it? Last night, there, there was like three people at church last night. And I was like, why? What did I say? And then I found out Garth Brooks, Taylor Swift, Journey and Def Leppard, Need to Breathe, Johnny, everyone in Rock's history was in Nashville last night. And so uh, me and four people worshiped last night. And then <laughs> it's good that there's a lot of people in here today. So anyways, let me pray. And uh, I, let's just be honest. I would have thought about skipping church for Journey. So anyways, <laughs> so I mean, I don't, I don't fault all of you in there, but I'm, I'm just saying, if it was between Corey Trimble or Journey, I would take journey as well. So uh, I get it, guys. So anyways, <laughs> quick story real quick, because it's the 11. We got nothing but time. A couple of years ago, my daughter was in a talent show uh, at school, and um, she was up there, and, and she played like a, a, a Beethoven piece, and all these kids were doing their different talents. This little kindergarten kid came out wearing, I, video, I, I recorded it because I thought it was so amazing, but uh, he was wearing a vest, and he was wearing this fedora, and he came out and he sings uh, Don't Stop Believing" by, by Journey. But to hear a, uh, a kindergartner say the smell of wine and cheap perfume, <laughs> it's fantastic. 
<laughs> so I'm in the back, I'm like that kid, right? He just became the coolest kid in this elementary school. Anyways, let's pray, let's repent, let's get into this vision service, and um, let's move forward today. <laughs> Lord Jesus, God, we love you. We thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for this church, God. We should be able to laugh in church, God. We should be able to come and be comfortable and just enjoy each other and enjoy your presence, Lord. God, keep your hand on me today as I teach, Lord, and keep your hand on everyone in this room as we just talk about the vision of the church and how we can serve each other and serve our city, God. Bless every church in our community, God. Bless every nonprofit in our community, Lord, just let us to stay focused on you, Lord. God, that's how we're going to make it, and that's how we're going to be better, Lord. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if we're going to talk about our church, the experience, we need to first talk about what Jesus wants out of church. Now, we talked about a couple of weeks ago in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus tells his followers what he wants them, what he wants them to do. He says, I want you to disciple, I want you to baptize, and teach. It's the Great Commission. The New Testament also tells us that the church is to be a community and that we need this community, that we meet the emotional needs of each other, the, the spiritual needs of each other, and then we also sometimes have to meet the economic needs of each other. The church is not supposed to be a country club, though. It's also supposed to serve the city, to serve the community around them. We're to be the light and the salt of the community. And then Jesus says that he wants his church to be a house of prayer that we're to pray. So this is what Christ wants out of us. The church should also be a place where we're growing. In, in essence, when you come to this church or any church, you shouldn't stay the same over a long period of time. We should be looking and thinking and acting more like Jesus. We do that through worshiping together, through studying the Word together, through taking communion. We become more sanctified. That means set apart for God. And we become more holy. We start to look more like God, the, the, the greater time that we spend with each other. So the overall goal, I'm going to start real high and kind of zoom in, okay? The overarching goal of everything the experienced community does is just to make more followers of Jesus. That's it. It is that simple. So when we feed the homeless, our ultimate goal is to hopefully introduce them to Christ, because that's where the healing's gonna come. When we do men's ministries and women's ministries and jail ministries and when we do uh, mission trips, everything we do, the ultimate goal is so more people can know Jesus. More people can have a relationship with God. That's the mission, that's the goal. Now how we do that is our vision. And, and we basically lead people into a relationship with Christ through, through worship, through community, and through community service. These Three steps. So we want to make believers. This is kind of how we do it on a broad scale. And then this, you've seen this around the church. We just made a new thing out in the foyer. This is in detail how we do this, how we make disciples of Jesus. Now, when I say we're a simple church, for a big church, we're very, very simple. This is all we do. This right here is it. And what I want to do is I want to walk you through this a little bit and kind of show you how we make authentic, fully devoted followers of Jesus, okay? Now, the first way we do that is kind of entry points. How do you get your feet wet, right? How do you just like step into the process and start get this ball, uh, getting this ball rolling? Well, the first one is weekend services. We're doing it right now. And uh, the biggest religion of the South is about to kick up pretty soon. 
So you're going to hear Corey be a jerk. That's football, by the way. Um, So you're going to hear Corey be a jerk a lot in the fall. But here's the thing about this church. If you love football, there's nothing wrong with loving football. If you're an NFL person and they play a lot of games on Sunday, like, get this, just come on Saturday. We offer four services on the weekend, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. So you shouldn't have to compromise church for football. Like if you're a big college football fan and games are on Saturday, like buckle your seatbelt, come on Sunday. It's pretty simple stuff. If there's a concert on Saturday, awesome. Go enjoy Journey, right? Come to church on Sunday the next day. But what we find during football season is we'll have low attendance on nights when UT or the Titans or whatever play, and we think we would make it up in the other services, but we don't. So literally, people are choosing football over attending church. Guys, nothing against football. It's not more important than church, though, just so every Christian in here knows this. Yeah, the three of you baseball fans are like, that's right. Get get those football people, right? (laughs) Another way to get involved is next class. If you've never been to a next class, we do it the second Monday of every month. Uh, we'll give you a tour of the building. You can hear my personal testimony, the story of the church. I, that's, I love next classes because I get to hug everyone and shake their hands and meet everybody. And um, you can ask questions and we'll give you info. Please, if you've never been to one of those, come to one of those. We started doing large prayer nights. We did our first one about a month or two uh, back, had 500 people praying for an hour and a half in this room. We're going to do those twice a year in 2019, make that kind of a part of our DNA. That's a good way to get in. We do our worship nights. We do three of these a year. We just did one on the square. We had 6,000 plus people. Our next one is at Murphy Center, which is gonna be really fun. We've never done that before. I hope you guys come out to that. But that's a good way to get people kind of in the door and, and checking it out a little bit. Also, if you have a smartphone, which is pretty much everyone, if you download the app, that is a great way to get plugged in. Information, small groups, all the stuff about us, everything you can think of, events, signing up for different things, is all on the app. Also, our website, we just launched a new website, and I'd love for you to check it out, and if there's any bugs or whatever, I mean, for real, send us an email, and we'll try to fix those things, but experiencecc.com, all of our music, our videos, lots of ways to get plugged in. We're also trying to make it extremely easy. I'm sure everyone noticed the lines, right? They literally take you to where you need to go, different parts of the church. We're setting up a a center in the foyer right when you walk in if you're new. If you need information in the church, there's the welcome center. When you come into here, in the back corner, we have the connections corner. If you need anything about small groups, um, anything about uh, student ministries or young adult ministries or celebrate recovery or grief share, divorce care, any of those things, back in the corner, we have info for that. And then the last station, we just built it. We're not done with it yet, but it's, it's getting there, is we have a missions wall. So if you want to get involved in anywhere in your city, in your nation, in your world, we have information back there. You guys can go pick that up and you can start to get plugged in. So that's kind of the entry points, right? Just getting your, getting your foot wet a little bit. The second part is community. People getting involved in some kind of community. Now, this isn't a small group, but this is something that we we offer that's very important. We have five or six uh, clinical counselors. They have master's degrees right back here in the back, headed up by Aaron Strong. If you need good Christian clinical counseling, you can call the office, and that's a way to kind of move you along the process a little bit. We also offer Celebrate Recovery. I don't know if any of you are involved in that. It is absolutely fantastic. 
Wednesday nights, Audrey Bullock is in charge of that. Wednesday nights, all right over here in the, in the chapel, it's six o'clock, they eat. It's seven o'clock, they do kind of their big assembly. And then eight o'clock, they do small groups. It is absolutely amazing. And anyone is welcome to go. And we offer a ton of life groups. The best way to look up life groups is on the app. Download that, and if you click on the groups, you can scroll through all the open groups and get plugged in. So please, check that out. Um, we're starting Evident again. Now, if you've never been to Evident for young adults, or if you've been and maybe you didn't have a good experience with it, we're relaunching that whole thing. Me and Josh Jamerson, which I'm really concerned because I don't know if I'm relevant anymore, but anyways, Josh Jamerson and I are going to be heading that up this semester um, we're going to do a service on the 30th of this month. That's Thursday, isn't it? Wow. So Thursday, we'll be doing a, a service. We'll do another one September 27th. And then we're going to start doing Evident every single Thursday starting in October. Now, if you're a young adult in here, 20-something in here, it's going to be hard-hitting, controversial stuff. We're going to talk, uh, the first couple of lessons are going to be about gender and sexuality. We're going to talk about immigration. We're going to talk about race. And we're going to talk about heavy things like that and bring people in and have a lot of discussion. If you want to get involved in student ministries, Eon meets right back here. Savut, who did announcements this week, does a phenomenal job with middle schoolers. They do it at all four services, and then they also do it on Wednesday nights. And then Encounter, Amanda Keener, she's our student pastor. They do high school ministry uh, every single Wednesday on the other side, and they do a phenomenal job. Now, here's the reason why this community piece is so important, guys. I love this church, and I love serving. And, and here's the thing. In, in any kind of larger church, if you just depend on getting your community from me or one or two other people on staff, it's impossible. We just can't do it. So you have to be involved in some kind of community or you're going to feel like you're getting lost. Let me give you an example uh, there's a woman that comes to this church that I, I love this woman. She's been coming here for years and years. Her mother passed away recently, but she is involved in two different groups, different life groups. So though I couldn't be at her mom's funeral, it was an hour away, though I couldn't be there, the church was present because she had small groups. Her small group leaders were there. Her friends were there. She had support. And so if you're just depending on me to, to, to do everything, I just can't. It just logistically doesn't make sense. And guys, I'm going to be rude here for a second, and I'm just throw it out there. I'm not going to sacrifice my marriage or my family for any of you. I'm just not going to do it. I love my wife and my kids more than I love this church. And when people are like, hey, Corey, it's Friday. Drop everything and come see me. That's my one day off a week. And if I do weddings, which I do about 10 a year, I don't get any days off that week. And so there are some times I'm just not going to pick up my phone. I'm just not going to answer a text. I'm just not going to get on Facebook because I have a wife and I have children that I love a lot. So that's why you need to have community. You need to be plugged in. I know that sounded jerkish, but anyways. So the last thing is we do a thing called following Jesus. This is very easy to remember. Every time there's a worship night, which you'll know about those, there's one coming up. Every time there's a worship night, the following week, we'll start a class called Following Jesus. It's a class slash small group. It's nine weeks long, and at the end of that, it teaches us good theology, kind of the fundamentals of the Christian faith. And then at the end of that, Dave and, and the other teachers will give you the opportunity to serve or get involved in other small groups. Everyone can do this, and we do it three times a year. Please, if you have not done Following Jesus, think about that class, okay? 
So, entry points, community, and now serving. If you're new to the church, we very intentionally do services back to back, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Now, the reason why we do that, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because it's very easy, because we're all busy, it's very easy to serve and attend. You can go to the nine o'clock service and you can serve at the 11, or you can come into the 11 o'clock service and you can serve at the nine earlier. You know, if you come on Saturdays, you can come to one and attend the other, and you kind of get it all done in one, one trip, if you will. Now, here's the thing with this, guys. We always need a lot of help with hospitality. We always need a lot of help. We have 900 children at this church. We need help with Echo. We need help with nursery. We always need help with parking. Man, was anyone coming to the church before we had the nice parking lot? That was awful. Anyone remember that? It looked like a war zone out there. I mean, like, it was like muddy and gravel and grass, and you'd see women come in with heels, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, like, I'm going to pay for broken ankles today, and it was, just, it was just rough. But we need so much help all over the church, and, and again, I'm going to sound rude here. I often hear a lot of the older generation talk poorly about the younger generation. About 80% of our volunteers at this church are under the age of 30. I need some of you older people to step up, and, and I know that sounds rude, but, but most of our children's department and people who serve those 900 kids, most of them don't have kids. And so people say, well, why are these people with no kids, you know, serving my kids? Because you're not. And so, <laughs> but I would love to have some older people step in there and show some of the younger people what it looks like to be someone in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, serving and living out a Christian life. I would love more of that. And so we need you guys to do that. Just throwing that out there. Thank you. <laughs> We also have a lot of nonprofits that we get involved with, tons of them. You can go back to that wall. Just locally, we get involved in a ton. We'd love to get you uh, serving and working with those nonprofits. We also do 5,000, which serves at the 9 o'clock service, then most of them come to the 11, where we go out and feed low-income and homeless. We've been doing that for nine-plus years, never missed a weekend. If you want to get involved with that, you can do that. You can get involved with a bar, which goes out literally in front of the bars on the square, every single Friday night, and they serve hot dogs and water to the people coming out in the hopes of just sobering them up and getting them home safe. If you go back to the missions wall, though, we got all kinds of information about all that, okay? So how are we doing with it? Shatiqua thinks we're doing good. She's smiling really big. So how are we doing with this? Well, let's look at the numbers. Um, the church is growing, which is great. From this time last year, the church has grown 43% which is exciting and kind of terrifying at the same time. So we were running about 2,400 people last year. We're running about 3,400 people right now, uh, at this time a, a year later, 12 months later. Uh, that's not the number that I'm extremely impressed with, though. It's the next one. Uh, baptisms are a huge win for our church. If we kind of stay on track, we'll baptize probably about 360, 370 this year. That's something that I'm really, really happy about. We've already baptized about 230 and we still have one more big worship night coming up in the fall. When it comes to small group participation, we're not doing bad, but we're not doing amazing. We have about one out of three adults that is involved in some kind of small group that we know of. If you include middle school and high school, we have about half of the entire church, which isn't bad, plugged into some kind of small group. Participation around serving is actually really, really good, comparatively. We've got about 35 uh, and a half 
percent of our church that serves, that we know of. That's, that's actually pretty good. And actually giving has been pretty good. So it's hard to quantify how many people consistently give to the church because if you're a teacher in here, you only probably give once a month because you get paid once a month. And if you're a business owner, you might give once in the fall and once in the spring, big sums. And it's kind of hard for us to calculate giving, but giving has been good. And I'll show you that here in a minute. You guys have been pretty faithful with giving. So that's, that's a good thing. Comparatively, we're doing great. If you compare us to other churches, especially other churches our size, we're killing it. Like in the church world, they're like, whoa, the experience is really knocking it out of the park. Here's where I struggle, though. If we start getting prideful about 30 or 40% of our church being involved, I'm not so happy with that, right? Hey, less than half of us are doing it. That's, that's not good to me. So I don't think we need to be content by comparing ourselves to other churches. I don't want us to be the norm. Cultural Christianity right now in the United States, in my opinion, is not healthy. It, it looks very consumeristic. It's, it's become unhealthy. We don't want to be that. We want to be servants and we want to be givers. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. He came to serve and give, and that's who we want to model, okay? So let's talk about finances, because that's super comfortable in church, right? Let's talk about finances. When it comes to finances, the way we set our budget is we take in what we made the year before and we set a budget based on that. We estimated that we would bring in $2.7 million this year into this church. We actually brought, it looks like we're projected to bring in $3.67. No, um, three, <laughs> that'd be awful, right? See ya. <laughs> I'd be, um, <laughs> it looks like we will bring in $3.67 million. Now listen, before you guys are like, whoa, there's just a million dollars shoved in Corey's office that he bathes in and rolls around in. That's not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't just have a million dollars sitting around of discretionary income. What we have seen this year is the giving has actually grown with the church. It's the first time in nine and a half years. Usually we're behind the eight ball when it comes to finances, but giving has actually matched the numerical growth of the church, which is absolutely fantastic. Here is where every single dollar of our church goes. Every single dollar when it comes to staff and benefits, that's about 30% of everything that comes in. So that includes childcare. So if you're involved in a small group here during the week and you drop your kids off, those are paid employees. They're part-time employees. The reason why we do that is we want your kids to have the best care possible. And when we pay people, we can fire people if they don't do a good job. I know that sounds harsh, but I want, you to have your, I want you to be able to trust us and I want you to go to your small group and enjoy it and know that your kids are safe. So we have employees that do that. Our health benefits cost about $100,000 a year. So a good chunk of that is just health insurance for us, which is very expensive. Our mortgage is about 13.5% of our budget, which is again, really, really good. Healthy is about 25%. We're half of that. So we're doing good there. Our benevolence, what we give away, we budget our benevolence based on our projected budget. So if our projected budget was 2.7, half of that is 500, or I'm sorry, 20% uh, of that is 540,000. Because our giving has gone up, we will be giving away more than that. We're on track to give away about $625,000 this year, but that's still not yet 20%, and I would like to hit 20%. So we're giving away more, but we still have not reached 
Our ministry expenses are 291,584. That's about 8%. That's things like building out different children's rooms, curriculum, printing stuff off for different ministries, just all the expenses of the ministries. Operating costs, that's things like fixing the roof, building out different areas, painting things, doing signage, uh, all that kind of stuff is about 15%. And we've been fortunate, we've been able to put away, when we bought this building in January, we had to put a quarter of a million down, and we've almost been able to save all that back. So we've put back about $223,000, so we're almost back to where we were uh, before we had the, the down payment on the building. Now, if you add this up, it doesn't equal 100%. It equals about 90 or 91%. The reason why is we're not done with the year yet. So the budget is still kind of shaken out. But I wanted you to see, this is exactly where, if you give to this church, that is exactly where it goes, dollar for dollar. We have everything mapped out, and we're very transparent with it, okay? Now, when it comes to finances, if you're new to the church and you've never heard this, this guy, A, I can't touch any money, I can't write any checks, and I do not know who gives to this church. I don't want to know. I have no desire to know. The only people that I know that give are our staff and our elders. And the reason why, if those people are going to make financial decisions for the church, I want to make sure that they're invested into the church. So the only people I know that give are my staff and my elders. Here's the other thing about finances. Some people in this room do not believe you have to tithe. They don't believe that's a New Testament thing. I personally disagree with that. I believe in tithing. But whether you disagree with it or not, here's the thing. It's hard to argue that the New Testament doesn't tell us to give. In fact, the majority of the work done that Paul was doing was transferring money from people to other people to help out other believers, to help the community. This is just part of advancing the gospel. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes money. It's just part of it, okay? So let me tell you about some goals, in January, we set out some goals that we wanted to hit by the end of the year. And now this is you guys holding us accountable. I just want to show you. One of our goals was to create a grant system. If you're going to give away $625,000, we want to make sure, we don't just rent a helicopter and like toss it out, right? There's our benevolence. No. What Andy does, who's in charge of that, Andy interviews different nonprofits she looks at their vision, she looks at their building, their facilities, their processes, and based on how well they have their act together, she'll give them anywhere from $1,000 to $20,000. And so we've created a grant system to use your money more efficiently for our community. We've also started doing men's and women's summits. If you haven't been to one of these, they're really, really cool. I haven't been to the women's one, I wasn't invited, but I've been to the men's one, they're really, really good. Uh, at the women's one, I think we had 600 women in here. We had worship led all by women, teaching all by women. It's just awesome. And from these, we launch groups. So we've launched probably 25 or 30 groups from these different summits. Very, very good. We picked up our fourth church in New England. If you're here and you've never heard this, we sponsor a church in Vermont, one in Massachusetts, one in New Hampshire, and now one in Albany, New York, a church called City Church, which is awesome. And they, they just launched their second campus. So they're doing really, really good. And we've gotten behind them financially. And then though none of us thought Josh could pull it off, we got the Cannon County campus rocking and rolling. <laughs> I got to keep him humble, right? So anyways, Josh is averaging, that, that church is averaging out in Woodbury about 350 a week. Now, just for perspective, the city's only 2,500 people. So he's got 15% of the city coming to his church, which is pretty awesome. He's doing a great job out there. If you've never been out there, he's, he's absolutely killing it. 
So these things we've accomplished this year. Now let me show you what we're in the works of doing. I think by February, Dave and I were talking about it last week, we're going to look at a building uh, this coming week right on Main Street in Eagleville. The, the location is amazing. And if we can get that, I think we'll launch our Eagleville campus in probably February of 2019. It's going really, really well. If you want more info about that, there's a Facebook page and you can just get a hold of Dave. Another thing we're working on is we're moving forward with an orphanage in Uganda. I will be back in November. I'm taking a, a, a carpenter. I'm taking a doctor. And here's the neatest thing. I'm taking a young couple that comes to this church who is going to commit a year of living over there and running the orphanage. Now, what's neat about that is we can have someone on the ground to where we can funnel money to them to help the orphanage. The other thing that's neat is, is I think in 2019, we're going to start taking a trip every, probably every four months, we'll send a team. And I, if you're interested in that, uh, give me a little bit of time to work out the details, but I'd love to send 20, 30 people every couple of months over to Uganda so you can experience that and see that and minister out there. And then again, we talked about Evident. We hope to relaunch that and have a really, really good ministry for young adults at our church. For 2019, our big focus is going to be prayer. It has to be a part of our DNA, guys. We do worship well. We do teaching, you know, I think well. We do small groups well. We do community service well. We have to pray. We have to pray more individually, and we have to pray more with each other. Prayer has to be a focus. That's what Jesus wants out of his church, okay? So as I kind of wrap this up, here's the thing. All of us in this room just need to prioritize. We need to make sure we're at church. We need to make sure we're studying the word, praying. At the beginning of the year, we'll do a fast together. We need to be giving. We need to be serving. And if all of us in this room will commit to those things, not only will our relationship with God get better, your marriage will get better, your relationships and friendships will get better, your work environment can get better, your schools can get better, our city will get better if we will commit to these things. And not just us, because we are family in here, but we have to keep an outward vision. That means this cannot become a country club, guys. We cannot get upset if we come in and someone new has taken our seat. Praise God, right? That's awesome that more people are here. We can't get upset if the parking lot, or if I think probably next year we'll have to start shuttling people from McFadden to here. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. You know, if we have to walk a little bit further or park out in the grass or whatever, that's, that's okay. As the, as, as the body is growing, we need to be happy about that. It's not, us, it's not about us being comfortable in church. It's about people knowing Jesus. That's what it's about. And we need to keep that in mind. I'm gonna go back to this passage here in a second. Here's the thing though. We are all on this walk together. None of us have arrived yet. None of us are finished I don't care how long you've been a Christian, we're all still working out our salvation. The first thing is we need to be present. We have got to be here. This has to be a priority. Commit to being here. Don't just be here though on the weekends though. Find a way to get engaged. Even if it's not a, a, one of our official small groups, find a couple of people. Amber, my friend, that's, she's in the room right now, she just started a Bible study group with a bunch of different people. It's not an official group. It's not like on the app, but she just got some people together. They're reading the word and they're talking about it. You have to have community. Go deep with other people. Prioritize your time, please. 
Again, I'm not trying to harp on football. If you love football, that's, that's fantastic. Then find another service that works for you. Don't use the excuse of, I don't have time to read the Word. I don't have time to, to, to pray. That's a lie, guys. If you want to feel a lot of conviction, this is not a cell phone, it's my clicker, but let's just pretend. You can get on your iPhone and you can click on your apps and see how much time you've spent on your apps. Whenever you look at how many hours you've been on Facebook and then tell me that you can't pray or read the Word, come on. It's just not a priority. We have to prioritize. Prioritize prayer, study, church, serving. Make that something that's important to you. Pray about your financial commitment. Now look, let me pause here for a second. All this talk of finances today is not to like ploy you into giving, but let me tell you a personal statement about giving to the church. My wife and I have always given to the church. When we, when we were at another church, and then when we started this, we have always been faithful. Now, I don't mind telling you, we have never had excess. I do not know what it know, I do not know how it feels to have more money than I know what to do with. I've never been there, will probably never be there. But because we've been faithful, the Lord has never let us down. He has always provided for us. He has always taken care of us. If I've done your premarital counseling, I have looked at you and said, look, I will never know if you give or don't give, but God will bless you if you're faithful with your money. I give you my word. You cannot, people always say, I can't afford to give 10%. You can't afford not to. It is such a big deal in your personal life, whether it's this church or another church, God will bless you, okay? Move on. We also need to go deeper. We offer, guys, we offer CR, we offer grief care, divorce care, single parenting classes. We offer financial peace. If you have not been through financial peace, you need to. It, is, it has changed my life. Go through financial peace. We offer following Jesus. We, follow, we offer apologetics classes. We offer all kinds of stuff, most of them free. Get into these things. Use these things. Go deeper in your relationship with God. Here's the bottom line. We are all connected in this room. Whether you like everyone in this room or not, we're all connected. And when the body suffers, we all suffer. We are connected. That's called symbiosis. We are symbiotic. And here's the thing, outside of this, if the church is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, the whole city suffers. The community suffers. The people who need help suffer. If it weren't for the church, the homeless in this community would not get fed. I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about Christians. Things would not be getting done. So the church has to be firing on all cylinders, all of us together, because we are connected. Now, let me go back to that scripture from Matthew chapter 5. Whenever you hear vision services like this, whenever we talk about serving and giving and getting involved in small groups, we shouldn't think of those things negatively, like we have to do those things, right? Oh, I have to go to church. I have to give. I have to serve. When you think about when Jesus came to earth, Matthew chapter 5, when he gave his first sermon, listen to this. Just, I'm, I'm, geek out with me here for a second. God came down from heaven. He became flesh and bone, and he looked at humanity. He looked at them, and he said, you're the light. Do you think when he said that, they're like, oh, do we have to be? 
Jesus said, I'm going to empower you so you can change the world. You're the salt. You're the light. Don't hide the light. Let the light shine. He looked at them and he put it in their hands. Now, we don't accept that responsibility begrudgingly. Listen, guys, when we get to pray, when we get to pray, it's not that we have to pray. We are invited to talk to God. When you walk outside and you feel the heat of the sun, the one that spoke that star into existence, every time you talk to him, he goes, he goes like this. God, it's not that we have to pray. We get to talk to God. We have the word of God. You don't have to read it, but God has written down his thoughts for you. This whole book was inspired and breathed by the Holy Spirit. And we have the opportunity to read God's word. We don't have to serve, but because we want to be more like Jesus and he washed his disciples' feet, we get the opportunity to serve our brothers, to serve our sisters. Whether we have to give financially or not, I have the opportunity because of my money, Corey Trimble's, there are water wells dug all over the world through Charity Water, and there are kids being sponsored through mentor leaders because of my money. I get to do that. And that's, that's, I don't do that begrudgingly. I love people. And if I can give a little bit and change someone's life, by God, I'm going to do it. So listen, I don't want to guilt you into serving or being here or giving. I don't, I don't want to guilt you into that. I want to invite you. The church will change your life God will change your life. There are marriages in here that were on the rocks before they came to church. There were people who were suicidal before they came to church. There were people hurting and alone. And God, through the church, has blessed people, and saved people, and encouraged people. Guys, and we are invited to be a part of that. That's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. Please, please think about that. Would you bow your heads with me, please? As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I say this every week, but I just want to remind you and remind you how big of a deal it is. There is communion all the way around you. Listen, if you don't think that you can be the salt and the light, Jesus Christ died on the cross for us and filled us with his Holy Spirit so he can equip us and we can be the, the, the world changers that he wants us to be. If you're a Christian in here, I, I would love to offer communion to you. All you have to do is you have to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and everyone can take it. Please take that and don't take it for granted. Think about it. We also have prayer up here at the front. There'll be people on the right and left. If you need prayer for anything, please come up and get prayed for. Let these men and women pray for you. Also have Dave up here to my right, your left. If you're in this room and maybe you're not a Christian or maybe you want to give your life to Jesus, but you don't even know how, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to, to, what to do, come up here and talk to Dave. He can help you. He can help answer your questions. He can help point you in the right direction. I want to pray for you, though. Lord Jesus, God, we love you. We thank you so much for everyone in this room, God. Lord, show us where to go, what to do. Lord, let us love people. Lord, let us love each other, God. 
Thank you for your word. Thank you that you listen to us when we pray. Thank you for the church community, God. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve our fellow man, God. Lord, give us strength. Give us wisdom. Keep your hand on us and lead us. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And I pray that you bless everyone in this room, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys so much. I hope you have a great week. Thank you.